Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Table Manners. I'm Jessie Ware and I'm here with my mum. Hi mum. Hi Jessie. How are you? Little tired. It's been a very, very busy week. Exciting week. Very exciting. You were on fire last night, Mother Dearest. Was I? Yeah, we had our Q&A at Waterstones. It was the day the book launched and, um, oh by the way, did you know we had a cookbook that's out? Yes, it's out now. Please go yeah. get it. Um, so... We went and did a Q&A at Waterstones in front of an audience. Well, obviously, because it was Q&A. But, um, and we have a very attractive, very young audience. Yes. And very sweet. Very sweet. Very endearing. I wanted to put my arms around more than one of them. I know. It was really, it was such a pleasure to meet some of you. And just, yeah, a real delight for us. But, Mum, I have to say, you were amazing. Even though I was on the small seat. Oh my God, it was so funny. Can I just say something? When I looked in, when we first got there, there were mm. three armchairs. Mm. When I went back, there was three high chairs. Well, you know why they do the high chairs. It's so everyone can see you. I know, but darling, you even you've struggled. You had to stand up. It was just really funny because mum can't really do a big, uh, a high stool. But it's not comfortable. No, so... Unless you're drinking she had Cosmos. <laughs> And you're leaning on a bar, a bar. Yeah, we needed the bar. Um, but anyway, so you were in this kind of very low chair and I was I got a crick very... in my <laughs> neck looking up at you. Anyway, you were brilliant and you seemed very at ease being an author, a published author. Published author. And we are actually going to put this episode out on Friday. So if you couldn't make it, you can enjoy the special Q&A coming to you on Friday. Um I don't know what kind of sick, cruel joke this is, but I got tonsillitis this week on the week that we are promoting a cookbook. So it has been impossible to eat this week. I have eaten. You have managed, darling. But it feels like nice. vinegar is is it still pouring sore? down open wo- wounds down my throat. At least it's not coronavirus, never... darling. Well, yeah, well, you were all worried, weren't you, on we Monday were. and Tuesday? No one was going near you. <laughs> If we weren't letting the children go. Honestly, I was self-isolating and hoping for a miracle. And then I got pus on my tonsils. Jessica! We were all happy about that. And now I'm on antibiotics. But um, anyway, yeah, it was uh, touch and go. But we're here now and we're doing a podcast. Yeah. And we've got the wonderful Zowie Ashton. Can't wait to meet her. She's right up your street, Mum. She is. She's a she's, thespian. She's a thespian. She, An author. She's clever. She's funny. She's beautiful. M- beautiful and multi-talented. Multi, multi, multi-talented. So, um, 
Zowie is promoting a new book. Do you know what? What? I like the podcast on Friday night. Oh, yeah, I know you do because you think... It's end of school week and you can have a little bevy. Yeah. Yeah. I see you're revved up. Yeah, I'm revved up. What what are we having tonight? Well, we're going to have some champagne to celebrate. (laughs) To celebrate our... And on the side, some... uh, food so we're going to have some champagne first to yeah. celebrate our book being published yeah we've been celebrating i think for like two weeks it's yeah. been kind of like uh, okay we'll yeah. celebrate again and then we're going to have short ribs sticky, sticky short ribs you've made a delicious roasted garlic potato mash yeah the other thing um that i've made is the griddle peaches from mm. the cookbook mm. with um I'm but they're nectarines s- you've got Nice yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't get peaches. I think it works nicely yeah, with nectarines. So I got nectarines. I hope they work. I, I haven't. It's your, I prefer nectarines. It's yours and it's your recipe and I've not cooked it before. So I Did you to, do it with rosemary? No. Oh, well, then it's not But my I just did it mother. with sugar, the brown sugar. Lovely. And then I'm going to serve it with mascarpone mm. and um, some cantucci. Biscuits. And are you going to do the orange blossom or not with us? I don't know. I think it might be one step yeah, beyond. Maybe you're right. Uh, Zowie Ashton coming up on Tableman. Can we say cheers? Cheers to Zowie. Zo- oh, to Zowie. To finally getting on your podcast. Oh my god, it's only been two and a half years. Can I just acknowledge what just happened? Firstly, we thought. Zowie was going to be a no-show. Yeah. We thought she was our first no-show and we thought, shit, the car she's was big canceled. time and she's not answering the phone. And the car was cancelled. We were like, shit. Um, she th- and, no, it's fine. You're here. You were like on time and you turned up with, she's not little anymore, a little girl I used to babysit who lives down the road who's a huge actress yeah. called Charlotte Ritchie. Yeah. You were both in Fresh Meat together. I feel like I'm doing this as your life for you. It's really um, amazing. But it's so funny. So Charlotte um, and I, and us, mum and I, yeah. have lived on the same road as Charlotte. And I used to babysit Charlotte. And Charlotte was in Fresh Meat with Zowie. Mm. And also called the midwife. And ghosts. <laughs> yeah. Ghosts. Yeah, ghosts. Anyway, so they just both arrived at the um, door together. And it was a lovely, lovely surprise. But sometimes I'm literally we just like, here for a drink. And then but sometimes we like fun. to go places together yeah. just to... Just I'll just get some of that local yeah. fresh meat. <laughs> <laughs> really revved up again. <laughs> Charlotte's going to show you the finest Clapham has to offer. Um, but thanks for coming. And then I love that you're going off to see Buffy, who's yeah. one of the best people in the world. Thank yeah, you. yeah, that's my mum. That's a shout out to my, my friend. Shout mm. out to Buffy. But Zoe, thank you so much for doing this. It's my absolute pleasure. We've like bumped into each other at events. At we events, seem to be invited darling. to the same things. We are, which makes invited. me always feel good when I see you there. I'm like, w- oh, creme there de la are some creme. people that you just see and go, thank goodness. <laughs> I'm just going to gravitate that way away from all the weird people I seem to have fallen in with. It's really funny because I feel like events. Events really started when we started doing fresh meat, I think. I mean, you'd go to stuff, you know, if you were invited with a friend or press nights. Obviously, you know, I've done a lot of theatre in my life. and But it was when we started doing fresh meat and suddenly you would get these invites to things where you'd go either on your own or as a group and you'd know that you would get there and not know anyone. It's that moment when your head is suddenly above above the parapet and you're making it up as you go along. I mean, literally, do you remember? Mm. We go to things and be like, okay, so what do we do? Yeah, we feel like competition do winners. Just, do we drink? <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
that's what, <laughs> that's what we always what used Kimmy's to say yeah. whenever we used to be in a photograph with someone yeah. genuinely famous we looked like people who'd won a competition oh my god I students know that who'd won a competition so, yeah. oh mate I know that except for the so time much. that me and Kim wore matching dresses and mine matched my hair and you looked like a supermodel <laughs> then we really looked like <laughs> I liked you really that time you're right <laughs> you did, <laughs> they, did, did they bookend you so when you did fresh meat did you know each other beforehand? No. No, we didn't. So it was like the beginning of term. Yeah. And you had yeah, to meet the new, the new I loved ones. it so much. Yeah. We did. I laughed and laughed so and favorite. laughed. It was, it so, was great. so good. It was so good. Maybe like the Friends reunion, they should do a fresh meat reunion. It'd be amazing. It would be so uh, good. Look, I'd be there. if it means free Botox. I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If they need to make us look. <laughs> 21, okay. Yeah. I, I, mean to, I was just telling Charlotte, I moved house yesterday, so if I sound a bit like oh, a woman on a verge of the nervous breakdown. Um, How was the move? It was, it was really stressful. I moved from London to Margate. I had, oh, a, I had a moment in 2017 oh, and I actually babe. quit acting. Mm. And I was like, I'm done. I need to reconnect with nature. I need to just not be in the rat race and the whole thing. And, um, you know, I've been there for a really long, brilliant period of time. But yesterday, it was not working for whatever reason. It wasn't working. So I moved yesterday and I found a card from Charlotte. Oh, yeah. After the first series going like, I can't believe, like, this is an incredible mm -hmm. way to do my first job. And what an incredible friendship uh, we've made. She's always been a good girl. Come on. And I just thought, <laughs> if someone so cool, who sends cards, I can yeah. always see a friendship remaining very strong. It was a strong, it is a strong. It so you've strong. moved back from Margate yeah. to London. Yes. I, I know a lot of people that have done the same. They go and they're like, that's me, I need I'm the done. sea. And then they're like, hi guys, uh, I kind of miss the uh, city. How many um, times can you go to dreamland? Yeah. <laughs> You're so right. So yeah. how are you feeling about being back in the schmog? There, there is a little, to be honest, there's a little bit of, um, what's the word? You, you do feel a bit embarrassed. Oh, I'm oh, not no, embarrassed. I didn't mean to no, embarrassed. no, not at all. It's a bit, it's a bit like rewinding on a huge decision. You know, whenever you try something and it doesn't quite work, it's absolutely fine. But there is the process to get back to the place that you were before. But do you feel like it's helped you been there? Amazing. So then it wasn't. Then it did work for it, when it worked. You're absolutely right. Uh, look, you're talking. It was to just like, a stage in your life that you yeah. lived in Margate, and now you're back in London. I, 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 I have to really become acquainted with the overachiever that lives within me, which means that everything that you put your hand to just has to be like well-rounded, success, yeah. successful. You know, oh wow, you did that to its absolute nth and the zenith, and and actually, sometimes you're right. It's for a period. Did, did you go to university? Yeah. So what, did you go away from home for university? I did, but it was drama school, yeah, in Where? Manchester. Oh. Weirdly enough, <laughs> doing the show was almost like yeah. real-life second studentdom in some ways for me. But, so you grew up in Stokey, yeah. am I right? Yeah. And you, which school did you go to? Primary school, I went to William Patton oh, okay. on Church Street. And then I moved, so I moved schools twice. I went from there to a school in Islington. And then I went to school uh, back in the Angel and then went to school in Highgate. So I basically, right. I've just moved all over London okay. without the, any of the good transport that we now have. But like you, but Stokey and back in the day, like, I mean, transport for Stokey is... It's non-existent. It's shit. Yeah. That's why everyone's just really pleased to have their like local coffee shop and... Yeah. 
Because you can't get They're all a bit else. smug now because they've created a world that yeah. they can just stay put mm-hmm. in. Well, we've always been a village. And that to see that grow through gentrification How from being feel? like squats and, you know, amazing Indian food and mm. laundrettes and... Uh, green green grocers and key cutting shops that was my Stoke Newington mm. to see an in- incredible independent and Turkish restaurants and Turkish restaurants and you know independent business there, there, there is actually I didn't realise this Stoke Newington had signed something I'm being really vague but we had agreed as a borough or as a community not to have any commercial uh, premises on Stoke Newton Church Street specifically oh, right. and there was actually laws in place they're not there anymore they're not there anymore no because we've got Nando's <laughs> I wasn't gonna say it I mean I, I like Nando's but <laughs> but yeah yeah um I got in um I got in a cab a while ago and and um uh, I said oh I'm going to Stoke Newton I can't remember what it was Covent Garden or something some audition or whatever going to see mum and dad and I said we're going to Stoke Newington and he went oh the front line we used to call that the front line because cabs would not go past a certain point to Stoke Newington and now people can't believe that when they know the Stokey that they know now which is I mean you know it's, it's becoming a parody of itself I still yeah, love it, it is, usually it is but... very gentrified <laughs> and that's great you know on one level great on another level when you have had that place be so much part of your formative, um, cognitive development. Uh, it's hysterical when people think that that was your cognitive development yeah, when right. it was actually much more the frontline side. Um, but you know, I'm proud to be from Hackney. Very proud, as everyone so, knows. So, so what were some of your like early eating memories in Hackney? Like the Stokey that you knew. You know, where were the spots that like maybe still exist that you would go to? Although, do they not exist anymore? Well, I grew up on a road that was. Uh, when I think about it now, you know, the cor- coronavirus and everything that was going on. We had neighbours that would just bring food round. I would lived on a street that was a food swapping street. Which was amazing, and actually, our our neighbour across the road still brings over <laughs> brings over a curry every now and again, and is like, do you know? Um, so we we had our neighbour over the road who always would would bring incredible curries over. We had my other neighbour across the way who was West Indian and would bring over some of the most incredible cakes that you've ever seen. You know, I think I probably have been eating rum cake since I was Rum cake, since you were... really <laughs> illegal. Um, but they always had these really, like, neon ice, icings oh, that yeah. she would make. Neon. Oh, wow. Hmm. Um, and they always looked like, you know, characters from some kind of cartoon, and I was really obsessed with them, and they tasted And then you felt great. a bit woozy. And then I and went to like, well. mm, guys, anyone up for clubbing? I don't know about you. <laughs> so I've been pouring the rum in, I've been knitting, different digging a knitting needle in, and then pouring the rub slowly. On it, infused. And, they, and, and that's what you could taste in the food, that there was love and care. Mm. I think that's something that you can taste instinctively as a child, when you've had something that's made with that level of attention um what were your family offering up on the street my mom are they big foodies is Uganda a huge food I mean in terms of my mom she's someone who has used food in the most incredible way which I'll expand on maybe in a sec but when I was young we used to have a lot of Ugandan food which is brilliant that's Um, where my mom's from what's that so that's a lot of ganja which is plantain Mm -hmm. you know for, for um I don't know the more 
widely known yeah. version, you know, the green banana that's fried up and it's delicious. Um, a lot of peanut sauce actually is oh, a huge delicious. feature of Uganda. We had that in Gambia a lot. Gambia, they did peanut sauce. Yeah. yeah. People, I think sometimes there's a generalization about African food, you know, it's a continent, guys, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's like super spicy. But actually, Ugandan food is quite subtle. Mm. Um, so there's a lot of peanut flavors. Uh, what spices like are quite... Fla- um, we have a lot of kind of real yam-based dishes. There's um, a, a dish called matoke, which is like a yam in, in, you know, steamed in its own leaves, which I'm not a huge fan of. <laughs> 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 usually force-fed it. Um, which, again, is quite beautifully bland but when you start dipping it in sauces and but do they make what well the nigerians call it soup yeah but would you call it soup or a curry or a sauce you don't have that sauce tilapia is a big deal is that the fish that's the fish Mm. of i would say is that your your native fish then well, we're quite landlocked there, so there is of quite a lot of fish that I'm not sure about. We've got Lake Victoria, which is, you know... Fresh fish, abundant. Yeah. But if someone said, oh, do you want to try this octopus? I'd be like, mm, don't know about that, because <laughs> I'm not sure that's coming from anywhere local to here. But tilapia is a really beautiful fish, so which is my favourite. if it was a celebration, yeah, like a wedding or a birth or a birthday, yeah. what would be the kind of things that they'd have to you'd, you'd have ganja you'd have peanut sauce you'd have rice you'd have matoke you'd have beans you'd have a lot of uh sauces Sounds as carby. you say tilapia yeah it's, it's a very carby it's great is it yeah what was your really favorite what was your f- <laughs> well, of course coming on when you're there. it's very good but yeah. it, I'm, it's only ugandan food that does that for me it's really kind of drops straight down <laughs> yeah yeah, it's a very specific, complex carb, I think, that just drops to the... Straight to uh, your bottom. Yeah. So your mum's Ugandan. Yes. And where's your dad from? And my dad is of Cornish descent. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah, but grew up in like, <coughs> Pimlico and... Um, is that where your name's a from? A very London boy. Yeah, his, he's in Ashton. I don't know if, if our name is actually Cornish. I think it goes further back than that. I think there's always been some some French, some... Polish, some Jewish conversations that have happened around the kitchen table with my granddad. (laughs) It's so, why I think your podcast is so great is because you're absolutely right that the way that you experience food before you have the vocabulary to say like, hmm, I feel like this or I feel like my identity might be made up of this and this. You, You go to school and you share pet lunches or you talk about what you had for dinner the previous night and actually it's this really pure and innocent way of um quietly celebrating everyone's culture it's brilliant it's really funny because i'm doing pet lunches for my daughter now all it's of a, a big sudden. thing it's what really are you doing you're feeling the pressure well you know what jesse keeps saying what was in the i want to know friends. what the kids have yeah. got because i i want to know whether i'm being too healthy or yeah. not healthy enough and it's not a competition but i just want to know that like Maybe, like, I can give her a few magic stars if she needs them, you know. Um, yeah, everyone needs a magic star. But, like, um, yeah, I just, um, it's... Um, got, we've all got, got corona. Everyone's <laughs> got the bloody cough. Have you got corona party? Yeah, I called the helpline today, actually. Did you? Yeah, I'm not kidding. I, I called the helpline. Thanks <laughs> for being here, Charlotte. Yeah, I mean, thanks for reflecting <laughs> the, 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 
the, the, I said I don't have any of the symptoms except for a bit of a cough and he was like you need to calm down <laughs> <laughs> and I was like okay I was told I was being irresponsible not to find out so. yeah anyway. but Alex has got a cough and we're a bit worried about him my mum was really offended when I said I need to be careful because you're a person at risk and she was yeah. like I'm only 72 <laughs> and I was like that, sorry but, she's, but had that bad, is she's had bad chests as well well she ha- yeah she gets laryngitis when, but she still keeps talking so you <laughs> yeah. can't tell it's actually painful yeah she, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just thinking, are you hungry? I'm hungry, yeah. Let's I'm going to put some cabbage um, on. I'm going okay. oh, yeah. to sneak out. <laughs> are you sure? Yeah, Why? Yeah, yeah. Because um, my mum and dad, I'm going to pop in to see them and say hi and Family have some dinner. So, and I also, this, I've got to leave you to do your thing. So I'm going to go, thanks for having me. Thank you, Charlotte. See you guys. She's only like five doors really down, you. bless her. Bye, everyone. Bye, Bye babe. Bye, 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 Bye. Bye. you love the buffet. I will do. I'll, I'll see you later. Bye. Zowie, you may have just added a question yeah. that I can ask people. What did you have in your pack lunch? Yeah, what did you used to have in your pack lunch? Okay, so this is a huge question for me. Okay. Um, pack lunches were extremely important to me and my mum. I feel like the pack lunch box was also oh. quite... It was... Quite a you big had to get deal. one every... Like, it was like a, a new like Hermes bag. Each um, season, it was like each term, not term, but like, you know, start of the year, you needed a new... Can some, I tell you? Some, like, You've actually hit upon something yeah. there, Jess. I definitely go for bags that are the shape of my pet lunchbox. <laughs> uh, free therapy, guys, just saying, <laughs> with champagne. So I had the biggest pet lunchbox known to man. It was what a lumberjack would be sent to the woods with. <laughs> Do you remember when those munch... It was like munchbox, I think. Okay. Came out and they literally yeah. were... The Pat Lunchbox favoured by kind of, you know, park um, park rangers, builders. But it was huge. What was your sandwich? So I had cheese and pickle. Love cheese and pickle. Obsessed. I'm trying to get my daughter into it, but my mum thinks she's too young. Three and a half. It's definitely an acquired taste. Yeah. Was it my favourite when I first tasted it? Probably not. Did you used to grate the um, Cheese was grated. Sorry. Pickle was... Remember when the mini pickle came out? The chunky and oh, then yeah. the mini yeah, came the out. The mini makes a lot of sense. Revolutionised yeah, the lunchbox yeah, for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, brown or white? Um, it was always brown. My yeah. mum has always been very health yeah. conscious like, that way. Um, uh, mini rolls played a big part of my lunchbox. Mini rolls, yeah. Huge. Chocolate. It varied. The Marks and Spencer's ones yeah. used to have chocolate, uh, chocolate, creamy stuff in the middle, and then there was the um, the white, the red, the, white, and... the yeah, the regular kind with the white poofy <coughs> stuff. Um, what else? The little Yazoo's. Oh shit! Yeah, no, you didn't have that. You were too old. <laughs> no, we did have Yazoo's. They were the the, the, the strawberry milk. No. Yeah. Yeah. Strawberry and chocolate milk. Did I send that with you? Too? Oh yeah. Don't sound. Yeah. We no, had it I a few times. I remember yeah. that. <laughs> I remember because I was always on a bloody but Jessie, diet. But I always I know. had like cottage cheese with mom. I mean, I love cottage cheese and marmite, but I remember a multi-base summer camp. I, I was having cottage, cottage cheese I and marmite, but it was probably because I liked it. I didn't oh. give you cottage cheese, darling. I definitely had it as a. Jesse, if you ate cottage cheese, you wouldn't have been in the. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't have been wearing what you were wearing. <laughs> but like, was yours quite. It was. It wasn't too healthy. It was a bit of a mix. Then. It was. It was definitely a mix. I feel there was a lot of always a lot of fruit. So there were definitely tangerines, apples. I feel like my mum felt like more was best. 
Okay. So she never wanted me to look as though I was like wanting yeah. for lunch. Um, so like instead of one tangerine, it would be like the tangerine net just like <laughs> stuffed in the top of the lunchbox. And instead of just like one Yazoo, maybe it'd be the pack of three that Amazing. you would get from the shop. So Did I really appreciate that. Your lunchbox. Always. Did you share yours? Fuck no. Yeah. <laughs> Well, well, I used to share because I think I used to find other people's food very attractive. Okay. So it was transactional. I would love to say it okay. was selfless and I just gave without wanting. Yeah. Um, but I, I appreciate my mum so much. The, the things that mums go through, yeah. I now realise were huge. Even from something that feels small, like a packed lunchbox. Like my mum would give me more because she didn't want me to look... Um, like the poor person. Well, I don't well, know. Like for us. Us. No, for us. <laughs> for Jewish people. What? No, I'm telling you, Jesse, you would give more because you didn't want to look like you weren't doing well. I'm oh telling my, is you. Is that why I was really yeah. fat when I was a child, yeah? <laughs> You're also wearing all your jewellery. That was like you were doing well. I'm telling got. you <laughs> that I wear everything I've got and never put anything away. More is more. More is more. It was the more is more approach. And, and I think it was also about wanting to feel like a really good mum. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. At lunchtime, if I felt like I was missing something, she just didn't want me to feel like that and 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 the psychology of food is something you realize much later on in life um but I'm I'm really glad that I I had a really good start in that way are Um, you an only child no very much not how many I'm the oldest and my brother and sister are six years younger than me they're a year apart oh really I met your sister she used to go out with um we talked about this at the serpentine so they're both amazing i mean to to be an older sibling when there is a gap like that is quite special because you do weirdly have a mothering instinct when they're born it's so weird like when my brother was first born i would not let my mum say it was her child if we were out and about i'd be like "Um, my baby (laughs) sorry (laughs) can we just just remember (laughs) this is my child i'm gonna push the pram but it was that brilliant it was that brilliant inner fight between I love this new edition and also at the same time I wish they would just die. go I wish they would go away so mum I'd, die come on well saying that Lenny I used to pretend my brother was mine and then by the same extreme I would hide him under duvets and be like sorry guys guess he took off it's just us again isn't this great <laughs> should we go to the park and they'd be like where is the child um, amazing like, he just went I don't know he just wasn't feeling it I'm I'm hungry are you yes, hungry yes I'm very hungry can I just serve you it's Please. sticky short ribs amazing oh my god amazing yeah yeah great I've been all over the ribs I've, I've finished a play in um, New York last year and I would I would say that ribs and steak were pretty much the which play <laughs> the was that diet so i did a play last year called betrayal which started oh, no. in london i've just got to come in here oh because i said to jesse i think you're too young to have played in betrayal oh bless no bless because you. it's about <laughs> a big affair and a, a three a triangular well, is that harold pinter it's always been played by much older yes people. you see jesse but in the script at the end of the play which is actually the beginning of the play because it's told in reverse yeah. chronological order my character is 38 
and I'm first, nearly 36. You're not. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, betrayal because it was Jamie Jamie Lloyd, Lloyd who is like the person that like runs the Pinter or was doing that he season. He did that huge Pinter season that had you. Yeah, come on, guys. I mean, it had me. everybody: Martin Freeman, yes. uh, Russell Tovey, Hayley Squires, yeah. um, Danny Dyer, ev- like everybody. Right? Everybody. It was a really exciting. It was a really exciting season because maybe I'm biased. I just love Harold Pinter so much, but mm. it was a load of his one-act plays that not many people had seen. And Jamie's thing is he revives classics and makes them feel really fresh. And so it just felt like there was this incredible new blood coming through. <gasps> this looks unreal. I hope so. It's Mom, steaming, it's, it's bubbling, <laughs> it's just smelling all kinds of incredible. Thank you, Lenny. Um, Do you know what this really feels like? It feels like going to your friend's house after school. <laughs> thanks, Lenny. That's thanks, so funny. Thanks, Jess's mom. This looks so great. Oh, you're so sweet. I'm so hungry. This is so the. This is literally what I ate every night on Broadway. Oh, really? How did I get through it? I was just full of you ribs. You must have wanted to go to sleep. of steak. But would you eat after? Yeah. So where would you eat? Oh, that's what made me feel like I was on Broadway. There's an incredible bar called Bar Centrale where everyone who's on Broadway goes. Because there's actually not that many places to go. Good places. You're in Midtown. You're in Times Square. You know, it's kind of tourist central. So Bar Centrale was amazing. And so, like, a cheers. Like, everybody knows your name. Everyone knows where you want to sit, like, what you want to eat. I was like, I made it, baby. Amazing. Oh, Susan Sarandon, hi. How are you doing? You know, oh, Cindy Crawford. How's it? Yeah, you go, yeah, this is my table. Jessie's got proper glasses here, darling. This is just like my yeah. mum. This is just like my mum. Really? I love it. Honestly. I'm really sorry, Zari, that I've offended you with a different glass that my mum didn't give you. It's going to taste the same. It I makes was... me feel like I'm at home. Okay, yes. good, thank you. It wouldn't be the same without, without my mum sort of trailing me, removing all of the things I put on the table. Oh, okay, good, fine. Great, so it's not just my mum. No! Perfect. These are the best ribs I've ever tasted. Honestly, you're saying that. I'm not. Thank you. Honestly, you'd be able to tell. It's a bit oily, but... I can't lie. I actually bumped into Vanessa Redgrave recently. Come on. Oh, hurt, my, hurt my foot, dropping the names. Oh, I love her. But love I bumped her. into her at a lunch. I know um, Jolie Richardson a little bit. And I saw her and I was like, Jolie, oh my God, how are you? This event. I was like, I'm really well. And then suddenly her mum, Vanessa Redgrave, is behind her. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, what do I say? By this point, I knew that we were going to Broadway with the show. And I hadn't seen uh, the play that she was in. Oh, God, why is the name escaping me? So I'm one day away from my menstrual cycle, that's why. <laughs> is that what happens? I just can't remember anything. Oh, my God. It's literally one of my favourite plays of all time. I'm blanking. Okay. Um, anyway, her, her mother was and in... And her mum was in it. Yeah. The Inheritance. The Inheritance! <laughs> so, so Vanessa's been in The Inheritance. It's been this huge hit. I haven't managed to see it in London for whatever reason. I've sort of been out of town. And so I think, what are you going to say to Vanessa Redgrave? What are you going to say? Social anxiety kicks in and I go, oh, Vanessa, I mean, nice to meet you, but I've got to say, the inheritance, wow. <laughs> she just took a beat and then she looked at me and went, you didn't see it, darling. And I went, yes, I did. Oh what are you God, talking no, about? No, I can't do it. She this. was like, darling, no, you didn't. She went, you can't lie at all. You must never, 
ever lie. Your face is too open. You can't lie. Oh my God. And I had to, in that moment, make the decision. I decided to be honest and truthful with Vanessa Redgrave when faced with her eyes, the like two pools of pure water. And I just said, you're right. I didn't see it. I lied. I lied. Oh my God. I didn't know what to say. And why I said it is because I'm going to Broadway and I will be able to see you in it because you're also transferring to Broadway. So I spoke. So you kind of you you in a few. I spoke. Back. I spoke in a future tense, and I shouldn't have. Do you think that was a bit mean of her, though? She, she said it with the most. You out. She said it with the most open smile, and I thought I'm actually really grateful for this moment because I lie all the time Do you? about having seen things um, that I haven't. But is that a pressure? Because it's a social pressure. So many, so many of your friends are probably in things. Yeah. And you want to say you've seen them. You want to feel like you're sort of part of it. You've just been in Margate. I've just been in Margate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you've been in Margate. Well, too actually, long. at that time, I'd been in LA, so I was like, I'm coast to coast, Margate to LA. Oh my god, babe, I love that story so much, and I can imagine. Don't the pain. lie, darling. That's amazing. It's almost <laughs> like a curb. Don't your ever lie. Don't lie. lie. It's a curb your enthusiasm moment for sure. That is amazing. And she's right. I've never been able to lie. My face cannot. It can't hide. But then you're an actress. Yeah. So how does that work? Well. I think there's this really funny misconception that acting is actually about lying. No, it's not. It's about telling the truth. Exactly right. The actors that we really love tell the truth in a way where we go, oh, bloody hell, that was really to the soul. Do you know? And the actors that lie, we go, hmm, don't love that. But, yeah. I, I, okay, so when you're having you, Zowie's having shit day. <laughs> yeah. And you have to go and be... A character that is, I don't know, I don't know, uh, having the most fantastic life and blah, blah, blah. But yeah. like, uh, uh, isn't, is that not quite hard sometimes to really, transform? It's really hard. But I suppose the work... You're not lying though, I guess. Yeah. But. The work is to connect to something that feels truthful that you can draw on. Yeah. And I think maybe that's why I ended up deciding to stop. I think I'd been calling so much on my emotional life since a child that I was kind of done with that I thought I actually just need to call on my truth and have it be about me Zowie as a woman in the world rather than I'm calling on my truth to serve someone else I just need to finally start serving myself (laughs) at some point um I think that's the only danger for me that I perceive in acting it's not that you might get to a point where you go how do I summon this emotion it's that you might get to a point where you're summoning emotion so much on behalf of other people that you will lose sight of how to access it in um, your real life. And that's so, what keeps you warm at night at the end of the day. So is that when you wrote your first novel? I definitely wrote the book at a point where I was stepping away. Yeah. Because it was about revisiting uh, the literal and metaphorical chapters of my career and my life. I mean, you know what it's like when you're in entertainment, suddenly you go, ooh, the membrane is really thin between me and this job. Like we were saying, you turn up to an event, you're like, I feel awkward. When do you decide not to go to the events? Because actually it's not having a great effect Mm -hmm. on your mental health. Mm -hmm. Or do you just keep going because you are involved more with the performative side of yourself than the non-performative side of yourself you know what's happening at the moment because you've got a book I came back to London to do press for the book 
And I thought I was actually after London and Broadway. I thought it was going to take a year off because I still... Look, I, I quit and then suddenly I was doing work that I really loved. But I think I was still playing with a, a different deck of cards in a way. I was still... I was doing the work, but I wasn't letting the work consume me in the way that it had before. So I was kind of, I don't know, like a... I felt like quite a different woman at work. And when I feel like taking time off, I actually take it. And it's not because, you know, I have this pot of money that I can dip into. I just, I indulge the other, I don't know, the other sides of myself. that I've really worked hard to make sure are ways of earning. So writing or voiceover, which I love doing. I did an audio book today, which is one of my favorite things to do. So I know how to hustle and I always have. I think maybe when you start as a child, that's where you just live, you know, is in the hustle. What was your first job? I started at the Anna Share Theatre really young. Oh, okay, and that's where Daniel Kaluuya went. Daniel, it's, 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 it's a Dexter Fletcher. Thing. Yeah, it's huge. Dexter Fletcher. Were you into Press Gang? Is that why you went there? <gasps> Loved it. I was too young. Press Gang hadn't press even gang. happened yet. I knew Press Gang. Oh no, you were too young. When I, I, was, I did my first class at five and a half. First job when you were six. Mm -hmm. What was that? Draffinori. Wow! And in my move, I, guess what I found? What? Back then you used to get a, a letter, typewriter written letter, confirming your status as a hired person. You'd have the BBC heading in one corner, the shows, sort of, you know, artwork up in another corner, and a thank you for joining and letting you know that the costume and hair people would be in touch. And what was the other thing that was really funny? I've got it on my phone, hold on. So this has the, the old BBC. It's got a number starting 081. Oh, wow, yeah. 2nd of December, 1991. Dear Zowie, thank you for, what's that say? For agreeing to take part in our Jack and Ori programme. Jack and Ori. Entitled Seeing Off Uncle Jack. Please find scripts enclosed. The costume designer, Dinah Collin and makeup designer DJ Roberts will be in touch with you in due course. Wow, would they? Why did they need to be in touch with you? The makeup. I mean, that's, why would they that's, need to be in touch with a six-year-old child? Yeah, and and this is the first chapter in my directly book directly to her, not your not mom, to your mom or your dad. That's amazing. Rehearsals for Seeing Off Jack will take place on Friday. And I remember them December. clearly. Really, I remember them clearer than something that happened yesterday. Because it was a happy memory or petrifying? It's just it's a completely formative time. So when I came to write the first chapter in my book, it was clear that it had to start with the first ever job that I did, just because that's the day that I feel like I realised I had the capacity to carry more than one person in my psyche as a six-year-old. That's a big thing, Was you that know? a blessing yeah. or, or a curse? For Do me, it's like been a blessing. I have an incredible family. I have an incredible set of friends. I have an incredible set of values that are from Anna Share, from, you know, all the different institutions that I've been through in my life that have given me this rod of steel. So I always joke and say, instead of like a heroin addiction or a shoplifting spree, that we've seen other child actors do <laughs> over the past however many years. Mm. I've written the book. Like, that's my... Well done. That's my, like, fucked up rebellion. <laughs> really says something about who I am. It's like, yeah, how are you going to really, you know, rebel against this mad thing that you ended up doing as a kid? I'm like, maybe 
I could write a novel about it and talk to people about it. So the novel's about... It's not... I I always said I didn't want it to be an actor's memoir because I find them so cringe, especially if you're under the age of, like, 80. It's like, what what are you telling me about your life and about the industry? So you've written it as a novel? It's a novel. It, 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 It sort of works between the realms of fact and fiction because that's, I think, how I've experienced my own life. Um... I don't experience life in a linear way, really. I don't so know. do you get off with Jack Whitehall in your novel? <laughs> <laughs> Funnily enough, I left him out. Work is really good. At, like, you work all the time. Yeah, And you do amazing things. You are working as an actress now. Yeah. What are you doing now? I just started a few very exciting episodes of The Handmaid's Tale. <gasps> I'm obsessed with the show. I'm obsessed too. And I've been pregnant for a lot of the, those shows and it's very stressful. It's really huge. It's so funny because when I read that book when I was younger, in my teens, and I was obsessed with Margaret Atwood. Me it too. I haven't watched it because I'm so obsessed with the book. It's really Can well I just done. Say, we are so similar, Lenny. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to watch it because the book was so seminal to my life. I think I had a resistance there too. Yeah. I was so obsessed with her when I was younger. I read like all of her novels like way too early and, and you know. What was it? Was it The Blind Assassin that she wrote as well? Oh, I didn't read that at the oh, time. I loved it. I wrote, the, I, I, um, I wrote <laughs> Freudian Slip. <laughs> I read The Robber Bride which is one of her novels, which is literally that thick. Yeah. Oh. And I was about 11. I and it follows it. this group of women and there's like, you know, torture and rape and relationships and that. Anyway, so The Handmaids was part of my formative reading. And you're right. When, it, when the show came out, I thought, oh my God, how is this going to happen? But Elizabeth, Elizabeth but I, Moss is so brilliant. I had auditioned for the show and read one of the scripts. And you... And I went, oh my God. This is as good as it could be. Well, she's involved, isn't happened, she, Margaret? She's really, she's really involved. But when I read that book at first, I saw all of the of the things that I wanted to rail against as a young woman. You know, I was like, I cannot believe, like, female oppression and, you know, silencing and torture. And, you know, I had this very anarchic response. And now I watch it as an older person, as an older woman, and I go, oh, my God, this is about motherhood. Mm. Truly. I never would have thought that Mm. as a teenager. That's just not where my head was at. Are you going to keep on writing? Yeah, definitely. And just keep on just doing everything and more and whatever you fancy. Is there anything else that you feel like you... Do you sing? No. Maybe you can. Maybe I can. On that note, yes, what's, she your, what's your karaoke song? Okay. I feel like my go-to... Uh, I mean, obviously, it's going to be a catalogue from the 90s somewhere. It's something like Money Talks. Oh, okay. Anything where I can be my own backing sing- singer. So you're like, Money, money Talks, Money Talks. Dirty cash, what yeah. you... Okay, yeah. And so you're like two people in one. <laughs> Hey, 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. We talked about you being a baker. Yeah. What is your like go-to like little kind of piece de resistance? Right now it's a chocolate orange marble cake. Oh, right, cool. Ooh. I'm into that. I'm into that. Yeah. Anybody's recipe that you are loving? I love cobbling together random bloggers. Ah. Because again, like I said, I just take bits that make sense from one and then yeah. from another and, and you're I the make Felicity my own cloak. thing. You're the Felicity cloaks of the acting world in bakery. You've nailed it. She, yeah. That's How me. to make the perfect. That's me. Okay. I also really get quite a lot from doing the marbled icing. I feel like there's an act to it. At first, it just looked like I couldn't decide what icing I wanted. And the, the sort of the vanilla icing was just losing against the chocolate. The, the, just the, the, the dimensions, not the dimensions, what do I mean? The, um, the ratios. The do ratios you, were just so wrong. Are you feathering on that or marbling? Marbling. Okay. Yeah. I've never done that. It's not easy. No, <laughs> I know. Especially I if imagine. the consistency is completely wrong, because like yeah. vanilla icing was like dripping off the side of the cake, and the chocolate icing was like, mm, I'm not moving. So it looked. Uh, it was actually tragic the first one that I made, and that made me quite upset. And then I've just gone back to it again and again and again because chocolate and orange, I think for me, is a really nostalgic taste. Mm. I've loved chocolate orange ever since I was a child. Did Those you two have one in your stocking always? Yeah. Yeah. I've got some little chocolate orange bites. Have you? Yeah. yeah. See, I don't some. like the bites. It's got to come oh. out of the orange for me you to really to enjoy it. bang the orange. I've got to bang it, the yeah. orange and take um, out the segments. Yeah. Okay, so Last Supper. Starter, main, pud, drink of choice. The main of these ribs. Oh, you're sweet. The starter... I'm going to go quite Italian on this. One of the first times I had like a full five six seven course italian meal i was surprised by how much pasta there was i thought you were sort of supposed to avoid the pasta but there's like two sometimes three pasta courses so i think my starter would be the cacio pepe from italy in um, chelsea in new york that's one of my favorite eateries it's you know it just does what Mm. it says on the tin you've Mm -hmm. got the pizza station the pasta station the fish station uh, I just go to heaven every time I'm there. So I would say I would start with a spaghetti. And then I would move on to your ribs. And I would and already be quite full. Potato, you'd have I'd leave off. the potato, maybe. Yeah. I'd just leave the, uh, very pure ribs and, and broccoli. And then what was the next one? And drink. What would you have? What's your drink? Cocky tea? What are you going to have? What am I going to have, though? What's your go-to drink that you start the night with? I love a red wine. I just do. Yeah. Any particular? Aldi do a brilliant 
Do they? Oh, yeah. They do some incredible Primitivo red. from Lidl is The Primitivo from Aldi is oh, amazing. Oh, is it good? Is it? I oh. live uh, next to one. Oh, in so Mar- I live to next to one. to an Aldi, darling. I love Aldi. I don't know why. I think that's skincare's just... skincare's really good too. It's amazing. I think moving to Margate reminds me of buying wine from Aldi and, and not expecting that much and getting a whole world of incredible rewards from, from their wine I selection. Near a new Al- I hope you're near an Aldi now. I'm not. Hmm. It's Neither okay, though. No, it's we okay. have got little. I, I feel like, you know, wine snobbery or drink snobbery, I've got a lot of time for it because when you really taste something super expensive or super aged or whatever, mm. it's it's a different world. Like I did a job in South Africa and had loads of time off and the best wine thing that I did best. was learn how to wine taste. God, that wine is And I so was like, delicious. I'm really happy to be a wine snob. Yeah. This is actually brilliant. But then I'm, I get too pissed to remember what they all said in the <laughs> wine tasting. Like, it's like, that's oh, well, you that's because so you don't drink I enough. Don't, yeah, no, it's true. You need to try harder, it's, Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Well, you weren't ready, like Christmas dinner. You know, you need to eat a dinner before the Christmas dinner so you're nice and stretched oh, out. I can, do, I can do that shit. Um, okay, so a red wine from Aldi. Yes. And Pud. Oh, or a glass of Krug. See, oh, that's me. I'm, e- I'm either a red wine from Aldi or I'm a glass of Krug. And that's me. Great. Speaking of Jack Whitehall, I did fresh meat with. He, he described me, and I think it's very, very accurate. He described me as a can of white lightning on top of a Harper's Bazaar. <laughs> Those are my two extremes. <laughs> He's right. He's absolutely right. But do you feel like that was the, the job that kind of opened you up to a more mainstream... Audience, or do you think, or do you think, like, yeah, I was lucky. I I had done a job just beforehand, a film called Dreams of a Life, um, which was like a documentary feature film in a way that had these um, fictional elements that I was involved in. And I played a real life woman called Joyce Carol Vincent who died in Wood Green and wasn't discovered for three years. Um, And when they found her, the TV was still on. Um, You know, she died and the TV had gone through the... Thatcher era and the you know Diane era and um, when I got that role as an independent film lover and an actor at that time it was just the absolute bullseye for me and so I did that film and wasn't sure what would happen with it and then I did Fresh Meat and was just convinced that I'd killed the show dead and I would never work again what are you talking about you were so you were the star you were so (laughs) memorable darling (laughs) but I wondered if you Charlotte was excellent no but I would have thought you were a comedian playing that part I didn't know that you were a serious actress because you're so funny you were a force of nature on it thank you you couldn't not watch it it was it was it was so well it was kind of almost focused around you and what you said and how you put everyone in their place that's lovely of you to say but don't you think (laughs) so you felt completely worried about that I went from doing like the most serious job I'd ever done to doing that and I was just sure that I was killing the whole vibe. I was so insecure. I was so sure that all my choices were wrong and my instincts Dice. had led me down the wrong path. And oh my God, when it comes out, I've got this shaved head and everyone's going to know who I am. I'm not going to be able to hide. Um, so I went to Cuba. I went to a family wedding in Cuba. To hide out. And was just like so happy that the 
first episode was airing while I was still oh, there. Babe. And then I got, because there's no internet in Cuba, there certainly wasn't at the time and things are changing there now, but I remember getting to an airport layover and checking my Hotmail on like a paid Wi-Fi thing, wherever I was on the stopover, um, just to see if my mom had emailed me or, you know, if people need to get hold of me. And there was a message from Tony Gardner, one of the actors in the first series, he was throughout, but one of the most incredible actors and sweetest men and he'd emailed all of us saying just get ready for your life to change and I was like what and it did what does that mean and and then it did but I was lucky because dreams of a life and fresh meat came out at the same time and if you're an actor you know that if you get that one two punch or sometimes one two three punch it's like a really special thing because it was like industry People knew me from Dreams of a Life. The indie world was engaging with that story. And then suddenly you have this whole other world of people over here with fresh meat. So that hardly ever happens. And I'm really So you had all the ducks in the row at the time? At the time. Absolutely. I mean, you'd fucking been working since you were six, babe. So I feel like you you earned it. Should we have some dessert? I want to... No, darling. That means mummy's going to sit here because you made the ribs. Oh, shit. Jessie, why have they gone purpley? What? The peaches on the top. I, just, I have no idea, Mum. How was oh, it? I'm not sure they were that caramel. Were they not? Were, were, um, well, hold on. No, no, I didn't great. do this. I drink, drink. Oh, whatever. So, Zowie, yes, you love. T- you talk about food so beautifully and memory, yes, which is just yes. like the most perfect guest for us to have. But also, I'd love to know you know, you've travelled a lot. You seem to enjoy eating yeah. and and drinking and eating out. Are there any like specific like London spots that you adore, or even in LA, like where you'll always you won't ever miss out on, or when you in Broadway, you know, on Broadway shout, sorry. Apart from Italy, which you love, love it. Are there any other spots that you just couldn't live without, or you have such fond memories of? So funny with London, I draw a blank. Because mm. I realise I really am a Londoner. And so if someone says, where do you like to eat? I would say my mum's house. Yeah, right. There's also places that I've just been to as a child. The Blue Legume on um, Stoke Newton Church Street is somewhere that I went as oh, a child. Oh, I remember that. Do you remember it? Yeah. With a huge aubergine outside. Yeah, very phallic. Quite, quite. A bit like our dessert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're very out the sweet front. in there. For me, as you've perceived quite rightly food and psychology go hand in hand for me and that is somewhere that I've always felt comfortable that somewhere as a child I could just always feel was safe and homely and sweet and honestly I I went to my I have my 30th birthday dinner in there I could have gone anywhere I went to the blue lagoon it's so Newington because it's just good food and they've maintained their prices and they've maintained their ethos and that means a lot. I actually lived above it for about three years in a friend's flat. Dedication. So I had the aubergine outside my window. I had just that phallic symbol. It was just hanging hanging there, just looking up at me all the time. Um, so, so so, my London choices are always going to be nostalgic like Sorry. that. Yeah. Um, I feel like in LA, where did I really love the last time I went? I lived downtown. Mm. There was a Mexican fusion place. I can't remember the exact name, but it's adjoined to uh, a hotel called the Freehand Hotel, um, which is just unbelievable, which is around the corner from where I lived. And I'm a creature of habit, so I went there all the time. 
and they had this chicken I'm a fan of chicken and yogurt together maybe because I grew up in a Turkish community there was a lot of mm. sort of bread chicken and a very rich yogurty dip which you'd see some people that. try and go oh that's a bit rich and I'm like oh I could have another one have another <laughs> one of those there's also a place called Squirrel oh yeah oh yeah which everyone knows so I think but I the mean, lines do my nutting absolutely do my head in however postmate well you can get a postmate but i just again feel like the mixture of flavors there feels like it was made for me Mm. so if you're telling me i can have porridge with chicken on top that just makes sense (laughs) it just makes sense to me a savory porridge you are you're you're prone to savory porridge saved my life Uh, she should meet sam your new novel my new novel, Savory Porridge Saved My Life. It sold three copies and that's as many as it's going to sell. I lost my voice, again, the chapter in the book. Um, I lost my voice doing a show and it was oh God, the first time I've ever been that vulnerable in that capacity. And so I had to completely change my diet. They want to, when you're performing in the West End, inject you immediately with everything that's just going to solve the problem on the spot because obviously no one wants to lose money. They don't want you out of the show and all the rest of it. And I was determined to do it holistically. And so I had to change my diet. Um, One of the things that you can have without too much trouble is oats. Avocado is really great. Um, No tomato. Onion, absolutely no tomato at all. Onion, garlic, turmeric. So I ended up making a lot of weird savoury porridges. So when I read the squirrel menu, I was like, mmm... You know Guys, me. <laughs> I feel like you might have stolen some of these random recipes, you know. Jessie, what do you avoid? What, when... For eating? Oh, yeah, spice. that's a good question. Spices. Heat, spice, tomato. Um, Citrus? Yeah. It's, yeah. Coffee, alcohol? I know, all the f- kind of good bits. All yeah. the fun bits. Yeah. And dairy, but, I mean, yeah. Sometimes you can feel it lubricates. It goes one way or the other. Yeah, it can be a bit... Cl- I mean, yeah, I learned the hard way when I... You like completely a Texas, lost your uh, well, voice. That was because I was on a stupid diet. What was the diet? Oh, I fucking just wanted to lose those weight. But you have the most wonderful presence and figure and face. <laughs> Thanks, it's ben. awful when I hear I know. women no, like you was, saying that. I think, I think, but I think all of... I think everyone that has to be photographed... Unless you are the most thick-skinned, most confident, self-confident person. Yeah, I have person. given up the ghost, darling. What do you mean? <laughs> With it, my angles. Angles are everything. No, you're learning, Mum. But <laughs> I, I think everyone, but everyone goes through an anxiety of that idea that you can be photographed and that you can't choose that photograph and then it comes out and you're like, oh, and you know, I don't know. Yeah. But that was one of the, for me, that was one of the most fun chapters for me to write in my book because... I feel like it was the first time that I really told the truth about what my experience on the red carpet was. And it's not necessarily the hype that everyone thinks it is, that you've somehow become like this oiled, incredibly glowy, flowing haired, like slender creature. Like I remember my first big red carpet, I was surviving on mini Snickers and like Diet Coke because I was just so scared of not fitting into anything. So... It's so weird because actually when I grew up, and again, we grew up in the time before this awful pressure of online presence and uh, filters and Instagram and all the rest of it. But I was at school, my first year of school, I was so severely bullied. I was already very thin, but I became so anxious that I became like, 
you know, a scrawny, tall, lanky presence in the world that was just so visible that um, the bullying increased. But I would always look at the girls in my class who were larger and seemed happy. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? And I was like, I've known from a very young age that being thin actually equates to sometimes something else going on. If it seems unnatural, mm. if you're fighting for it and it's not your real body type, there's just a different look to it, you know? And I would always pray to be larger. So I think I had a different start in life. I was like, this thin thing is just not... Maybe it's also an African so thing <laughs> where it's like, you mm, you're looking a bit thin. underweight. I was bullied for being thin, yeah. But you were you very tall as well? Yeah. So you, like... Did you fit? You were taller than all the other kids in your, and so yeah, more developed. I don't know. Like, was it just like? No, she's a gazelle. You are. You're like you are. You are a gazelle. Oh God! Well, you're right. A a gazelle. Sort of. You don't want to be a gazelle when you're running down the mountain, going absolutely insane. Well, I feel like what I don't understand sometimes is being sold the image of sometimes the person who I remember being the most miserable as, as that's. The aspirational... And that's the aspiration. Yeah, aspiration, yeah. So when Kate Moss suddenly burst onto the scene, I was like, oh, she sort of looks like me when I was 11 and I was severely anxious and depressed because I was being bullied. Whereas if I look at some, you know, when suddenly Marilyn Monroe or, um, you know, even more recently, just just actors who just look much more like women burst onto the screen, I was like, ah, yes, that's what I... I don't know, that's what I identify as being much more in your own skin. I think also my relationship to food really changed when I was in my teens, when I was 16, because my mum was diagnosed with cancer. And she was given the worst diagnosis you can get, which is non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. I forget which grade at the time. But it was like, yeah, so really sorry, this is bad news, it's probably curtains for you. And my mum, who's still with us, thank you, to every every god that there is used food as the way to turn it around Mm. she was not going to be someone who just went quietly into the chemo sessions and into you know the medication and all the western medicines without having an alternative to balance it out um i have an incredible godmother who's the most wonderful um Oh, God, my menstrual cycle. When you do tinctures and things. Oh, homeopath. Homeopath. So my godmother's a homeopath. Her and my mum start talking and connecting and talking about, at that time, which wasn't sexy or endorsed by any pop stars or celebrities, the macrobiotic diet. And my mum started to do cooking classes in macrobiotic cooking. And... Of course, all the Western doctors who, again, have an agenda or have some kind of link to pharmaceutical this or that can can be very innocent, also can be very dodgy, were saying, oh, why are you wasting your time with that? You know, and she was like, this is what I feel is going to help me. And even they couldn't deny the incredible turnaround in her health. Does she still, to this day, kind of live by those? She keeps elements of it. It's such an extreme way of eating that it would be hard to keep it up for <laughs> 15 years. She's, you know, thankfully been clear now for 15 years. Did she have chemo as well? She had chemo as well. So she indulged the Western way of approaching mm. it. 
and she also indulged she the homeopathic holistic way mm. and the nutrition way we often talk about food as this punishment or this thing you're supposed to avoid or change or deprive yourself of and when you see someone oh, I can start crying now when you see the person you're closest to essentially in the world saying this is how I choose to use food and nutrition in the face of this thing where everyone's telling me just lie down and take it is um it's a marvel really it's it really is the transformative power of food is real and I have you know first-hand life experience of that and so if I even thought about trying (laughs) you know getting an eating disorder or whatever I think of my mum and you know, I'm soon put right on that on that page. Your did you like you and your mum sound incredibly close? Yeah, I guess you must be quite excited that you're going to be closer to her now rather than Margate. I mean, or you've been. I mean, will you see her every week, or is it kind of just like is it a te- like we? Sp- I mean, we live together at the moment, so it's kind of a a different situation but we're one of those ones where we speak about three times a day I speak to my mum three times a day when I was on Broadway it was so funny I would come off stage and I would get a text from her being like how did things go and I you know it's a five hour time difference so you'd get off at like 9 30 I'm thinking 9 10 11 12 1 2 and she'd stay up till like three or four in the morning just to make sure I was okay and um you know there's such a thing as being too close so I think my mum and I are hugely close. Sometimes I think maybe this is too close and like you have to do work to branch out in your own way. But to not acknowledge your relationship to your mother is doing yourself a disservice. I've always felt that. As close as you can stand to your mother is as close as you can stand to anyone else, is what my therapist says. And I think she's absolutely right. How interesting. I think it's Darling, right. Can I have your therapist's number? <laughs> yeah, um, Zowie, thanks so much for doing this. I you. love you too. Like, you can come again. I'd love to. Good luck with the new book. But I feel like you don't need any luck. You are fantastic. Of course I do. No, you, you, you're, you're okay. You're excellent. Everything is, the stars are aligned and Aww. you are brilliant and inspiring. So thank you so much. And thank you for being such a wonderful guest for Table Manners. Thanks, Jessie. I'm, I'm so glad I finally have my death row meal. I can go out and commit that crime that I know I couldn't have done if I hadn't got, got the meal in place. What a gorgeous woman. You're her spirit animal. I know, darling. She's so articulate. So articulate. So, is the motive the right word? Um, what do she's you mean? so passionate, but also so... She's very considered. Yeah, so considered, but like... She thinks sense of humour. Sense of great fun, sense of humour, thinks about things, thinks about important things, mm. not silly things. And she's, she's quite selfless. I'm going to call her now I have her number good when we were worried about where she was in the cab that's it that's my number now that I'm gonna call and say hi and what a treat to have little Charlotte here I know little Charlotte Charlotte is a grown woman mum I know um yeah nurse Gilbert nurse Gilbert who died (laughs) 
Oh, well, don't spoil it for anybody no, who darling, hasn't it seen. it was two seasons I ago. I know, but some people haven't watched Call the well, Midwife, Mum. They, sh- they should have. Anyway, yeah, it's just been a really wonderful Friday night. The perfect kind. How were my ribs, darling? They were stupendous, Mum, honestly. And, and I do think mascarpone is a great substitute for cream. I disagree. I like it in something else. No, I think you're wrong. It's a bit powdery. It's, is it do you know powdery? what I mean, Alice? I almost, it's almost like... Grainy, yes. You're so bloody stupid. Give me fucking clotted cream any no, day over mascarpone. And it's not as fattening. Yeah, no shit. No, I love it. The grain. I love it. Is but the misery. I think it reminds me of tinned cream that we used to have when we were little. Because you didn't get fresh cream. Because, you know, I was almost a war baby. Oh, sorry, Mum. Do you want to do a new episode of Table Manners? Why? Do you want to tell me about your life? No. And your memories. No. What was your most nostalgic smell when you were younger? Petrol. It's only 10 o'clock. <laughs> Petrol? What the fuck? You said Because we used to go to Blackpool and fill up the car. <laughs> <coughs> Thank you. You've okay. been listening to Table Manners. That's my mum, Lenny, with a bit of the, the Coronas. Thank you for listening. Jesse, what And thank is, you, Zowie. Jesse, what is your karaoke song? I don't like karaoke. Okay, so when I have it at my party this year... I will be the MC. No. Just, you've got to choose a song. Otherwise, you're oh, going to like, be honestly, sent I, to I, Siberia. I feel like I'd cry on stage. Would it be a Whitney? No, that's very ambitious, Mum, no. So if you do what Jessie J did and go to China and have to sing songs... Yeah. ...covers... Yeah. What would be your best cover, not your karaoke? Are you... Uh, are you putting me on the tra- uh, a plane to China, yeah, China to, to do a voice competition? No. Okay. What would be your cover so- favourite cover song? You'd a-, a song you'd like to cover? Oh. A Billie Holiday Mom, song. Mum, I'm too tired for this shit. Can okay. we talk about this? We'll play next time. Tomorrow. All right. We'll play next time. I love okay. you, but I'm tired. Okay, darling. Love you, Mum. Love you too, darling. The music you've heard on Table Manners is by Peter Duffy and Pete Fraser. Table Manners is produced by Alice Williams. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.